Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Being wealthy isn't just about how much money you have. It's about how you steward what has been given to you by God. In the final week of our collection of talks, Wait Till I Get My Money Right, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. shares practical keys to living a life of generosity in this message, Seven Laws to Become Wealthy. For more resources, visit vuchurch.com slash money. Now let's lean into the message together. We are concluding a five-week collection today called Wait Till I Get My Money Right. And we have been talking about managing, maximizing, and multiplying. Here it is, God's money. Not your money, but, but God's money. And um, I think the Lord's been doing something quite significant in our lives. How many of you uh, have been blessed through these teachings the last five weeks? Come on. I'm not gonna lie, I'm surprised you're still at church. I wasn't sure as we started five weeks ago if anyone would even be here five weeks later just because you can talk about anything in church, but don't talk about my money. And as we've been saying the last five weeks, it's not your money, it is God's money. And today as we come around the corner, if you've missed any of the teachings, I'd encourage you to go back. I believe there's been a lot that's been shared from the word of the Lord. And I'm gonna share all throughout the Bible today, but I wanna talk probably maybe one of the most practical messages I've ever given before from this stage. And I'm a practical guy, but today I'm gonna to be real practical because I, I, wanna, I wanna help people today. And I'm learning as I grow older that all of us, we come from different places and different backgrounds. And some of us uh, were never given the opportunity to be taught basic principles around stewardship and finances that really are all throughout God's word, but maybe nobody ever gave us those keys. And today I'm gonna do that because what I've learned about financial success is that financial success is not like a hard science. What you discover is that when it comes to being successful financially, it's less about what you know and it's more about how you behave. So we think it's like, oh, I don't know something. It's actually, no, no, if I can teach you some behaviors around money, it can change everything. I think it was Voltaire who said that history doesn't repeat itself, man does. And what we wanna do today is we wanna break up some of those patterns and we wanna get what God has to say. And so I want us to look at Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four is an amazing chapter. Uh, Proverbs chapter four is written from a father to a son. And he's just giving him advice. And I just think I would use it today as a premise. Proverbs chapter four, verse five says this, get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget my words or turn away from them. Watch this, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. I love how the Bible always uh, connects wisdom to a woman. Shout out to all the ladies. Wise woman of God over there. Listen to your wife, you idiot. Okay. <laughs> Watch this. This is so good. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. What's the wisest thing you can do to start? Go get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Get understanding. Last week, I preached the fourth installment of our collection. I, I titled my message, How to Be Rich. And, and today, I don't wanna talk about being rich. I wanna talk about becoming 
wealthy. And and I wanna try to, if I can, try to distinguish the two because I'm sort of using the words in my own vernacular a little bit. I wanna let you know what I mean because they're they're different to me. I I think we live in a world right now where everybody wants to to be rich and behave that they're rich. And so what do we do? We, we, We wear our wealth and we drive our wealth and we live in our wealth. But the difference between being rich and being wealthy is one you can see and the other you can't. Well, I want to try to help us today. For instance, um, if you're driving around in a $100,000 car, you could be wealthy. But my only data point about you is that you have $100,000 less than you did before. And so the very nature of wealth and being rich is very, very hard because Most of us, we learn by observation. We learn by watching other people. But I don't know how to imitate wealth because by its nature, wealth is hidden, riches is seen. And so the definition I'm using is is simply this, is that rich is current income and wealth is income not spent. Bill Mann, the financial advisor, he says it this way. There is no faster way to feel rich than to spend lots of money on really nice things. But the way to be wealthy is to spend money you have and to not spend money you don't have. It's really that simple. Like we know that, but we have a hard time in this day and age living that out. We just sang that song today, I think it's perfect on Child Dedication Sunday called The Blessing. May his favor be upon you to your children, to your children's children. Look what Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22 says. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Today, I wanna be practical. For eight years, every Sunday, I preach sermons. Today is a kind of a sermon. Today is just gonna be really practical wisdom from God's word. And I wanna teach today for the next 35, 40 minutes or so. I want you to take a lot of notes. I wanna help some people. I wanna preach like a dad to his son. I wanna preach like a pastor to people that are a part of a community. I wanna teach after the last four weeks of what we heard, this is it, seven laws to become wealthy. Not rich, wealthy. Not so I can wear it, so I can drive it, so I can live in it but rather that I might have something around my behavior that I could leave to my kids and my kids' kids. That you might actually start to live life for more than just having stuff, but you might leave a legacy to the generations to come. The problem is for a lot of us is that one generation makes it, the next generation wastes it, and then the last generation fakes it. I don't know where you find yourself on that journey, but today I wanna remind us that it's, Not so much about what you know, but getting wisdom is learning some behavior. So I'm gonna give you seven laws to become wealthy. Not to be rich, but to be wealthy. Is this helping anybody so far today? Is this okay if we teach this way for a few moments? All right, get ready, here we go. Really, really deep stuff, here we go, ready? (laughs) Number one, first law to becoming wealthy. You have to want to work. I'm telling you, I've been wearing a suit the last two weeks because I came to do business, bro. You have to want to work. Want to. You notice that like we live in a world that everyone's like their whole dream is like to make it to Friday. Oh my God, I got a case of the Mondays. 
Dude, Monday and Friday, they're just days with labels. You don't have to wait to get happy on Friday. If you get a revelation of who you are, you can be happy on Monday. If you want to become wealthy, if you want to leave an inheritance, if you want to do something more than just for yourself, you actually have to start with this idea that I want to work. Not that I just work, I actually want to work. I, I love to work. It's actually something inside of me that I, I enjoy. So very, very important. I, I love vacation. I love taking a rest. These things are beautiful. I think that we all need to get a revelation around Sabbath. It's a very, very, it's a biblical principle. But please understand that even the Sabbath, the Sabbath is a result of having six days of work. So listen, if you don't have a revelation of work, you shouldn't have a revelation of Sabbath. Because it's six days of work that give you one day of rest. We have a new generation that's coming up that doesn't understand what the generations before them, what they went through, the sacrifice, the blood, sweat, and tears to actually give them what they have, and they just want to sit around just making it to Friday. But I'm telling you what, in the body of Christ, we need to wake up and realize, I actually want to work. Now, this isn't some like capitalistic, you know, American corporate, like me driving some kind of, this is the Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, watch this, let him not eat. You don't work, you don't eat. Nothing worse than million-dollar dreams with a $100 work ethic. I don't know how to, it just starts here that you actually have to want to work want to work. I think many of us have bought into the American dream. And the American dream is, you know, get married, get a job, buy a house, and then make it to 65, and then you can retire. I, I just think throughout the Bible, like, I don't know if I even really believe in retirement. I'm not saying you gotta do the same job forever. But what you find out about retirement is, if you, if you do the studies, it's like people that retire, they end up dying. It's like all, all the stats. I retire to die. But that's what happens. Like depression goes up, people lose their sense of purpose, they retire, and then a few years later, they die. Because somewhere on this journey, we started telling everyone that at 65, that's when you retire. Where did that even come from? Oh, it's interesting, study history. Retirement was invented by a guy by the name of Otto von Bismarck. He was a German chancellor in 1883. He invented retirement. It would help you to know that retirement was created by him because at that time in Germany, the lifespan of an adult was to 67 years of age. So he said, wow, <laughs> I think at 65, you ought to stop and get two years before you die. The only problem was, was that penicillin wasn't even invented yet. And so now we have this number that he just created back in 1883 that says at 65, you're done. I want to encourage you. Retirement is based on some false assumptions. On one hand, it's based upon the fact that people enjoy doing nothing. Another hand, it's based upon people that we go, uh, we can afford for others to do nothing. How many of y'all know, I think when it comes to the body of Christ, we can't afford for you to do nothing. We can't afford for others to do nothing. We all have to enjoy working. 
Proverbs chapter 10, verse four says this, lazy hands make for poverty, watch this, but diligent hands bring wealth. Law number one, if you wanna become wealthy, is you have to want to work. I love to go on vacation, but nothing lights me up, bro, like going to work. I'm not waiting for Friday every freaking day of the week. I got purpose. I got joy. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna attack the day. I have a revelation that if I wanna eat, I need to work. If I want my babies to eat, daddy's gotta work. Number one, wanna work. Number two, watch this. Here we go, get ready. Deep stuff today. Build a budget. What kind of church is this? Just a really helpful one. You, 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 gotta, you gotta build a budget. That, that, that's, that, that's a law of becoming wealthy, a budget. Okay, well, what does that mean? Either you direct your money or your money will direct you. Vision forms direction. When I have a vision for something, it actually starts to create the pathway in the direction of how I get there. Listen to me. Every dollar in your bank account needs a name, not just Washington or Benjamin. It needs to be attached to something. You ever heard people, it's like, oh my goodness, I can't carry cash. It just burns a hole in my pocket. That's because you, your cash doesn't have a calling. <laughs> Or if it does have a call, it's Amazon or Nordstrom or American Airlines. No, no, no. You, you need to build a budget. Define where the dollars are going. Write it down. I like what Dave Ramsey says. He says this. He says, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. It's, it's really, really simple, but I meet so many people, it's like, oh, I'm just going, and then I just never take time to build a budget. Every dollar has a name. I know where the money went. I know where the money's going. I'm learning about people that we're teaching people in church how to, you know, you should tithe. Everyone's like, I want to tithe. I know our church. Our church wants to please God. Our church wants to build the kingdom, but what I've learned is, is that if you don't build a budget, you'll never become a faithful tither because the tithe requires budgeting. Oh my goodness, I got taxes and I, I've got payrolls and I've got, I've got mortgages and I've got rent. You've got to actually know where the money's going. Look at what Jesus said. This is so helpful. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. You have to build a budget. We can teach all this stuff. And if you ha don't have budgets in your life and you're walking out of this room and you haven't done that step, it doesn't matter how inspired you are. Inspiration gets you going Discipline, yeah. budgeting yeah. keeps you growing. When we started the church eight years ago, we had like the most basic budget. And to be honest with you, eight years later, we own assets and properties. We still kind of have the same basic budget. We sat down and said, this is gonna, how it's gonna be. I'm just being really practical today. We said, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna spend 
on facilities. At the time, we owned no facilities, so we were renting. We still rent facilities to this day. But we said is, out of all the money that comes in, no more than 30% can be spent on mortgages, rent, or facilities. The second thing we said is, all right, we're gonna have to start hiring staff, but here's the deal. A lot of churches, they get really clogged down quickly because they become very, very bloated when it comes to compensation and staffs. And we said, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a goal that we're not gonna spend more than 30% on compensation for our staff. So how do we hire people? Well, the income has to grow and we have to look at it and see if it fits into the budget. And then we said, all right, we're gonna operate the church, all the ministries, and we're gonna make sure that the paper and the flyers and and all the tech support, we're gonna spend 20% on that. So that's 30, 30, that's 80%. Okay, now we have 20% left over. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take 10% and we're gonna put it in the savings account because at some point we gotta buy something. At some point, we're gonna need to actually begin to build something and we wanna actually have reserves. We don't know what it takes, but we're gonna also, as a church, we're gonna honor God. We're not just gonna tell people in the church to be tithers, we as a community are going to tithe on what they've already tithed on. So we said, we're going to take the last 10% and we're going to give it away to other church plants, to other missionaries, to other nonprofits. We're going to be known as a house of generosity. And when we started that eight years ago, I got good news for you. Since that time, we've given away five and a half million dollars cash on your behalf. Come on, somebody, give God some praise. If you'd have told me that eight years ago, I'd say, that's impossible. We ain't got nothing. But what you do is you build a budget and it creates a vision and all of a sudden the vision forms the direction. Zig Ziglar said it this way, if you aim at nothing, you will hit every time. I'm just giving you wisdom, behaviors. I don't care where you're at, it's behaviors. Number one was I wanna work. Number two is build a budget. Number three, here we go. Just laws of becoming wealthy. Demolish debt. Demolish debt. It's funny, right? Because um, a (laughs) a budget will tell you what you can't afford, but it doesn't mean that you won't try and spend it anyways. The whole premise of a budget, it's called a budget so you don't budge from it. A budget so you don't budge from it, but many of us, we've budged from the budget and what's on our back is this thing called debt. And debt is weighing people down. I don't care how good I preach, I don't care how much I inspire you, I don't care how deep the desire in your heart is to be generous, when you're in debt, it's strangling you and it's holding you back from becoming all that you could be. I don't know if you've seen this great video, but I thought this was really helpful for some people because we could talk about debt all day long and how do you get there, but have you seen Jaden? This is my, one of my financial advisors. Watch, check, check out Jaden, check out the video. This is. One quarter and two pennies. How, how, much, money, how much money does he have? Jaden broke. <laughs> the math works, but you broke. Um, That video makes me laugh so hard, dude. Uh, I I don't know how you got there. I don't know when you got there, why you got there, what created you getting there. All I know is, is that you have to begin to attack that debt and demolish it. You cannot continue to accumulate it. 
We live in America, so we're all very, very sophisticated. You know, well, Rich, you're teaching this to the church today, but man, there's a thing called good debt versus bad debt. I get it, but bro, there's a difference between having a mortgage and having $20,000 in credit cards because you shop too much. At some point, someone's gotta say, you don't need any more. You need to attack the debt in your life. Because I don't care how deep the desire is in your heart, I'm gonna give. You ain't got nothing to give. You owe other people that you've already taken from. We don't need to sit around and blame it. You don't need to blame your dad for it. You don't need to blame the colleges for it. You need to demolish it step by step. Nowhere in the Bible does God use debt to bless his people. Let's look at what the Bible says, because this is all over the Bible. I just, wanna, I just think this stuff's important because I grew up my whole life going to church and everyone would teach the tithe, but no one ever taught me how debt can destroy you. Look at this, Proverbs chapter 22, verse seven. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender? Proverbs 22, verse, 20, verse 26. Do not be one who shakes hands in pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, watch this, your very bed will be snatched from under you. I just want you to see this because if you're gonna become wealthy, you're gonna actually have to start demolishing debt. And better yet, maybe today, you don't need to take on new debt. I've been telling you about my minivan, my Honda Odyssey. I love it. Shout out to the minivan clubs out there. But it was time for us to get a, a new car. And so uh, I wanted to get a Toyota 4Runner. It's like a high school dream. And um, I, I went looking for it and I wanted to get a, a new one. You know, I was like, I'm excited about you know, 2023. I want to get that one. But ultimately when I went and started looking through it, 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 was, it was out of our budget. It was too expensive. So I said, I'm gonna buy a used one. I went and found a 2021 and I was gonna finance it until they showed me what the financing was gonna look like and I was gonna be paying 9% interest on the vehicle. Guess what I did? I said, I'm not doing that. Now, you might not be in that position, but I said, all right, I'm gonna pay for this car in cash because as I make the exchange, I'm gonna have less money for the moment, but what I'm doing is, is I'm not going into more debt on a forerunner. What so many people don't realize in life is there's a difference between what I want versus what I need. And in America, the spirit of mammon attacks us and it blurs the lines and it keeps telling you things that you need, but they're not really things you need, they're just things that you want. I didn't need to get a 2023 forerunner. I didn't even need to get a 2021 forerunner. I wanted a 2023. I had to go back and take some steps back and go to a 2021 and I had to actually be realistic with where I was. I do not want any more debt in my life. I want to encourage our church that God is calling us to advance his kingdom. But many of us in this place, if we keep stretching beyond our means, we will not be in a position to be obedient when he calls us to be obedient. Now, I know there's so many different stories and people watching from all sorts of different walks of life. I love our church because our church doesn't want to just give you theology. It wants to make your theology practical. One of the things that we offer here is through VUCARE is Financial Peace University. We've watched hundreds of people over the last five years in particular demolish debt 
in their homes, cut up credit cards, give vision to their money, and they have walked into financial freedom. I want to encourage you, check out Financial Peace University. If you have questions around this area, it will help you. Number four, write this one down. This is the fourth law. Does this help anybody today? A few of us. All right, number four, number four, write this down. Fourth law of becoming wealthy, right relationships. Right relationships. Nobody taught me this. Nobody told me this. Now, I'm not saying that you need like, you know, you need to get rid of all your poor friends and get rich friends. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, let's be honest. Some of y'all can't afford rich friends. You know what I'm talking about? I went to dinner, I don't know, maybe a year ago with, um, yeah, some friends that are in a whole nother, another level, a couple levels up um, financially from me. It was four guys, went to this really nice dinner and I was invited to the dinner. It wasn't my call on the restaurant, just was invited, you know, and um, I was cool to pray for the meal. I wasn't cool to pay for the meal. Um, <laughs> and you know, you ever been with those people that are just ordering? You're like, I, I didn't order that. Um, <laughs> And this dude's ordering up the thing. Is I'm just like, this is great, man. I'm the guest. He's ordering. And um, it came to the end of the meal. And I thought a kind gesture was like, yo, let's, let's split this. That seems, that seems like I'm you know, carrying my fair share of the weight. And so um, we all threw our you know, credit cards into the little dish. And then this guy goes, you know what? Let's play a credit card roulette. It sounded dangerous and I was not into it at all. If you don't know the game, the game is the server takes all five credit cards and then just picks one and runs it. Well, <laughs> I'm blessed and highly favored. Um, that server picked my card and uh, let's just say, hey guys, I can't hang out with you again for a few months, okay? <laughs> I'm not suggesting that you need wealthier. That's not, that's not what I mean. What I am suggesting to you is that you don't need wealthier friends, but you certainly need wiser friends. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. We don't want to admit it, but we all got some crazy in our families. If you don't know it, dysfunction is contagious. Addictions spill over. And if we're not careful, people in our life will begin to mess up our financial situation because that stuff creeps onto us. And so if we're gonna become wealthy, if we're gonna be good stewards, we need the right relationships. Yeah. Show me your five friends and I will prophesy to you the next five years of your life. Why? Because it's the Bible. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You know the fastest way to get good character? Remove bad company. Once again, it's like so many of us, we, we wanna go the distance, we wanna make a change, but we got idiots <laughs> in our life that are corrupting us, that we will never ever get to the place that we're called to be if we continue to spend all of our time with that group of people. 
I heard someone teach not too long ago and they simply said it this way. They said that um, we are, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. What an interesting thought, just practically speaking. Just think about all categories of life. Think about the five people you spend the most time with. I bet you're the average of their physical um, fitness, their emotions, their mentality, their, their, their spirituality. All I'm suggesting for you today is not that you have to lose every person in your life, but you need to be strategic. Reach up. I want to reach up to people who are stronger than me. I want to reach up to people that are smarter than me. I want to reach up to people that are further on the journey of life than me. I don't, if you're the smartest person in your group, you need a new group. If you're the best Christian in your group, oh, get another group. I have to reach up if I'm going to become more. Don't take financial advice from people you wouldn't trade places with. Yeah, but my uncle, he was telling me. Your uncle, who's never had a job for more than two years, who's broke, broke. That's your financial advisor? Come on. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get the right people in your life. Come on, make a little bit of noise. All of our locations today. All right, here we go. Number five, number five is the law of becoming wealthy. Not a sermon, more of a, just talking to our church. Number five, save something. I didn't even give you a percentage. Just save something. Something. <laughs> Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Before that, though, is that if you don't have something to give, then how do you get that blessing? Save Something, save something, save something. I fell in love with Don Tree, 17 years of age. Was, I mean, I was, I saw this girl, I'm like, that's the one, bro. And I just, I was obsessed, in love, head over heels. From 17 to 21, we dated. And it finally came to that point that I'm saying, I'm, I'm gonna marry this girl. I'm gonna marry this girl. I always had jobs in college. I was always working. Um, I always applied myself. But it was the first time that, we went ring shopping, and she, uh, <clears throat> she's a woman of taste, and um, <laughs> she showed me the wedding ring that she wanted, and uh, I was like, oh, hey, uh, <laughs> if that's what it takes. Uh, so I started saving, and I remember it was the most amount of money that I ever had saved, but I saved it. I bought the ring in two installments over a three-month period, but I got a revelation after I saved the money. After I bought the ring, I said, you know what? I should keep saving money. Get ready. You don't need a reason to save. Oh my gosh, some of us are like, it's like, I think, you know, we always are saving up for something instead of just actually having a behavior that out of everything I got, I gotta save something. I don't know what percentage that needs to be. Once again, we're in all different places, but you've gotta learn right now. You have to start saving something. Saving something. A penny 
saved is a penny earned. Learn to live on less. Learn to live on less. I think so much of this teaching is so important for the church today because we live in a materialistic, consumer-based world. And so much of what we're teaching, especially in Miami, rages against the culture. You have too many friends, and even some of us in this room, we're guilty. Some of us would rather look rich instead of becoming wealthy. You'd rather look the part than actually store up treasures for the generations to come. That you'd rather look like you've got it all together instead of actually being wealthy. If you're going to get there, you have to learn to save something. Number six, I'm going to hurry up because I want to get to the end of this. Number six, invest intentionally. Invest intentionally. That at some point, you go from just saving to beginning to invest. And look at what Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11 says. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little. Someone say little by little. Little by little makes it grow. Remember last week, we talked from Matthew 25. If you missed the teaching, I'd encourage you because I think it's a teaching that is so pivotal and it's Jesus' words. Jesus tells this story about three servants that he's entrusted his property to. He goes away and then when he returns, watch this, when Jesus returns, he's expecting a return. Let me say it again. When Jesus returns, he's expecting a return. The guy who had... Five talents, which was money, turn it into 10. The guy who had two, turn it into four. The guy who had one, he hid it. He didn't lose it, but he hid it. It is a picture of investing, that I'm taking the little capital that I do have, I'm taking the little time that I do have, the energy that I do have, and I'm investing in it today that it might grow in the future. I think all of us, at some point in our life, we actually have to realize that our money is a tool. Money is a good servant, a terrible master. That's the spirit of mammon, once again, from last week. That I'm not serving money, money's serving me. It is a tool in my hands to advance the kingdom of God and to be a blessing to those around me. When I start serving it, I start trading places with my money and God, and I think money's my God, and I think if I get money, I'll be happy. I think money can solve all my problems. It cannot. It is a servant, not a master. And all throughout the Bible, we will see the law of sowing and reaping, that as I sow over time, I will reap. And just because I know there are churches made up of different people, we got very, very successful people in here that could come up here and teach all this stuff so much better. And we got other people that you just, you didn't maybe have a mom or a dad who taught you good principles or you've just been watching the culture be rich and so that's all you know how to imitate and you think this is what it looks like to be successful. And so you keep going out beyond your means. So if no one's ever told you about just some, here's six basic investments for beginners. Just six. These are just really, really simple. Just write them down, go back, study them. Number one, high yield savings accounts. Like, if you're going to have some money, put it into a high-yield savings account. Number two, certificate of deposit. These are CDs that you, you lock it away for a time frame, and it's going to give you that return. A 401k or a retirement fund. I can't say this enough to all the millennials and, and, and Gen Z that is in the house. That, man, like, you need to begin now. The accumulation effect, put it away. You don't need it right now. It's never going to be easier than right now today. Have a retirement fund. Number four, mutual funds. 
Number five, exchange traded funds. These are, these are groups of stocks put together for you and you're playing the long distance stock market, which always has had a return. Number six, this is just basic, individual stocks. This is a pathway for every person in the room to begin to invest something. If you actually wanna be more than rich, you wanna become wealthy. If you believe it, somebody put your hands together and give God some praise. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Is this helping anybody today? So the Bible says, Paul says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace. Someone say, all grace. Grace is his unmerited favor. Make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Sufficiency means just the right amount. What God is promising you is this, is that you will be sufficient in all areas of your life, in all things, at all times, so that you may abound in every good endeavor, every good work that you step out to do. Remember, very first week, some of us have been on the journey, it was prosperity on point. And whatever he does, prospers. I'm not chasing prosperity, prosperity's chasing me. I'm following the pattern of God and I'm aligning myself to God and I'm trusting God and I'm getting wisdom. My goal is not to be rich. My goal is not to be wealthy. My goal is to please God, to seek him first. And all these things, what are all these things? My mortgage, kids' school, food on the table, time of vacation, retirement fund, hosting people in my house, giving to the Lord, all these things, all these things will abound in your life. Seven laws to becoming wealthy. The seventh one is so important. It's that you have to give generously. Give generously. Being rich is about focusing on you. Being wealthy is about focusing on your kids, your kids' kids. It's thinking beyond yourself. I was at my house this morning. I love my house. Yo, it's not my house. <laughs> I'm gonna die one day and I don't know who's gonna live in it next. I'm just passing through this earth. And so as God blesses me, I wanna, watch this, I wanna be a conduit of his blessing. Think a water pipe that's carrying water. The point of the water pipe is not to get wet, but the water pipe can't help but get wet as it passes water to wherever it's taking it. So it is with your life and so it is with my life. That as I'm generous, I can't help but get blessed in the process of blessing you. Blessings flowing through me. Generosity by definition, it's one of the values of our church, is to give more than what is required. What a great definition. Take it far beyond your money. Think about your relationships. You wanna be generous towards your wife. She already knows I love her. She don't know, bro. You gotta tell her again today. It's in my heart. Well, the Bible says out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Open up your freaking mouth. That's not required. I know, but you're generous, dude. I love you. 
Just think about all the areas of your life right now. Am I generous? Am I generous? Am I generous? Am I just, am I, here's the spirit of obligation. What time do I have to be there? What time can I leave? What's required out of me? That, that, that's obligation. But if you want greatness, obligation doesn't build greatness. Obligation doesn't build legacy. It's generosity that does these things. So I wanna live my life giving more than what is required. And I just know in our church, this has been, I've been saying it week after week, this is not a message for everybody on YouTube. I'm sure somebody can find this message on YouTube and critique how Rich doesn't preach the gospel every week. But actually those of us that are a part of this community just know this is just one installment of a much larger narrative for eight years that we've taken our time before we even begin to teach this stuff because I know where we are going. I know about Vision Sunday next week. I know about some of the things that God is about to do. And the only way that we're gonna get there is when people rise up and go, whoa, whoa. We get to do this. We get to do, we gotta, we gotta take a step up. We gotta grow in this area. So watch this. I know our church, I know your heart. I, I've journeyed with you. We have a generous church. People who desire to be generous, people who wanna go above and beyond. How do I know that? This morning people showed up at 5.45 in the morning. We had a team leaders meeting over here on Saturday. This past week, I mean just, Thursday night, this place was packed. Our largest Vu High night since we began Vu High happened this past Thursday night. I'm telling you what, people are generous. But if you're gonna be generous financially towards God, you gotta discover what's the requirement. It's obedience which precedes generosity. And we don't have to wonder what the requirement is. We've been teaching it the last five weeks. Before the Mosaic law shows up and after the law, we see the principle of the tithe. James Clear says it this way, if you've never heard this quote before, this radically changed my life three years ago. You don't rise to the level of your goal, you fall to the level of your system. That's what I'm, I'm teaching that quote all today. We all have a goal. I love to, no one, if I said, who wants to become wealthy for God? Everyone raises their hands. We all have the same goal, but not all of us will get there because we don't all have a system. Very good. So we can clap and we can shout and say, I wanna give generously towards God. But friend, if you're not even adhering to the basic system, then you can tell yourself all you want. I feel generous. I think I'm generous. No, you could know today. According to God's standards, God says the first tenth belongs to him. Not just of your money, in every area of your life. It's called first fruits. We've been teaching about it. But if you actually want to meet the goal, you need a good system. Here's the good system. This is Malachi chapter three. We read it some weeks ago. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Hear this, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Generosity is giving more than what's required. So if I'm gonna be generous, I actually have to first start with the tithe. I'm not generous until I've actually begun tithing. And notice what the scripture says. I'm just gonna preach it bold because Malachi was really bold. This is the only time in scripture that you're allowed to test God. 
only time. Test him, try it, see what he might do. The promise after the test is that he's gonna open up, not a window, he's not opening up the back door, he's opening up the floodgates of heaven. But you'll never know what it's like to have floodgates open until you test him. And so today, the most practical message I think I've maybe ever given at Boot Church, because I just know where we're headed in 2024. I know some things that I'm gonna be sharing with you in the next couple of weeks. We need some people to step up and test God. God doesn't need your money, he wants your heart. And as we worship God, not just with song, we're very good at singing at Boo Church as well. But we're gonna worship God with a sacrifice of praise. And we're gonna see God do things in our finances, in our businesses, in our homes, that when he gets done, the world will look on and know that that was only by the grace and the goodness of God. So today, before I pray for you, we didn't receive the offering or the tithe today. So as we come to a close, if you're watching online, if you're at City, if you're at Design District, maybe this would be, at the end of this collection, a chance for you to say, you know what, I'm gonna step into tithing. Voochurch.com slash give, lots of ways that we give. Don't ever do the offering at the end of service. We're gonna do that in December with our bricklayers offering. But this is, not, this is not a special offering. This is trying to get some people on board with a principle to say, I trust God more than I trust my money. Go there, it's all right there, it's clear. I'd encourage you to become a reoccurring giver. Don't just give one time, don't just tip God. Man, Rich was... He's a good speaker. I think I'm gonna try that today. That's not, don't do that. That's not what I, this is not, he's not a genie. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to test him. I want you to say, oh, I'm gonna I'm 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 do this. Or maybe you need to go home, talk with your spouse, build a budget. Maybe you can't tithe yet. Become a 2% giver. Just don't come and give because the keys are playing and you got emotional. Don't just give because we got a new project coming up. Go, wait a minute. God has richly poured out blessing towards me. I'm so grateful he didn't give me what was required, hell, but instead he gave his only begotten son that I don't have to perish. I'm gonna respond and be like him. I have faith for it. It's taken me eight years. We're not gonna preach about money every week. Won't do this again for a long time. We're gonna have our year-end offering that we always do in December. But the Lord was very clear to me. Rich, I've blessed you. You need to teach the people how and why that's happened. So today, seven laws to become wealthy. Okay, I need to want to work. Bro, I'm excited, I'm excited. I'm excited for today. I'm really excited for tomorrow. I got some meetings tomorrow. I'm coming in hot. You think I'm excited on Sundays? You should come to Monday. That's another look in my eyes. You gotta build a budget. 
Every dollar needs a name. You don't even know where the, you don't know how much you invested into Starbucks this past year. If you would just give that to God, my goodness. You need to demolish debt. Get out of that, man. Get that weight off your shoulders. You need the right relationships. You need to save something. You need to invest intentionally. And you need to give generously. Come on, if you believe today, go ahead and give God some praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present. And I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you next steps on your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you.